to talk to you just for a moment about um, opposing. Just hold your hands out like that. I'm an audience participation preacher. Just get used to it. I'm the only preacher you know likes to get talked back to. So everybody shout, amen. amen. Yes, sir. Help your fine self. Go ahead. Any of those work. I used to say, say preach white boy, but I'm not a boy anymore. I want to talk to you about opposing. Come on. Say, I'm going to oppose. Faith without works is dead. Say, I'm going to oppose my opposition. You know what work is? Well, I better talk, not talk to millennials. Work, or much of anybody post-COVID. Did you notice everybody went to sleep during COVID? Like, it's like people's IQs dropped 30 points. Probably because they sat around and watched that silly TV or suffocated themselves, one of the two. Say, I'm going to oppose my opposition. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And I'm going to draw the text from the story of a nameless mother. A nameless mother. I salute my mother, Mrs. Ellen Parsley, and her tremendous anointing that still resides here. I salute the mother of my children, Miss Joni, the best Christian I know on the face of the earth, who last week got like Holy Ghost possessed. I don't know if you were here last week. She went to prophesying, knocking people in the floor. That's what people on Instagram thought. But, but pictures of her laying hands on people. She's like, how come she knocks them down? So I replied, because they need it. It knocks the hell out of them. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Praise God. I salute my mother-in-law, Mrs. Joanne Oskoff, who has served this ministry for 45 years. And I thank God for Ashton Blair and Austin Chandler and Abigail, who we will see in heaven. Exodus chapter five, we're gonna go way, way back to the book of deliverance because so many people need it. Exodus chapter five, verse one and two, part A. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went up and said to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, let my people go. But then we have a response from the opposition. So we have God saying to Moses, or Moses saying to God, to Pharaoh, let my people go. In the voice of God, Moses is saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. And immediately, without hesitation or stammering, 
Pharaoh, the opposition responds, who is the Lord that I should obey the voice of God and let Israel go? So there is a struggle, there's a warfare, there's a contention going on right now. Either deep inside of you, so far down that you really are not cognizant of it, or so high above your head in the domain of Satan, the firmament in that sandwich between the upper atmosphere of the earth, that first heaven, and the third heaven where the throne of God is. There is a struggle going on. At times, we're aware of it, but we are far more often not aware of it. So we're gonna key in on it today, and we're gonna learn to oppose our opposition, because work is motion, energy against resistance. That's why your Bible said in James 4, 7, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you disgraced. He will run away from you in terror. He will seek safety in flight. How many of you about ready to run off your opposition? I got 14 people on the first three rows. I got two people behind that middle aisle. And I need thousands right now saying, I'm going to oppose my opposition. I've had it. I've taken it long enough. Had it. It's over. It's amazing to me what we put up with that God won't. Sometimes you got to point your finger, stomp your foot, and announce, I'm just not going to take it anymore. I've had it. Now, I know that the culture doesn't want you to say that because they have a false signal of kindness. It's called, you hear it all the time, it's called virtue signaling. They smile at you, and as soon as you're not in the room, you're asking somebody to take the dagger out of your back. We're just not going to take it no more. Some of you have had a headache every third Thursday of the month for the last 25 years. Somebody need to put your plate down, point your finger, stomp your foot, and say, I'm just not gonna take it anymore. And you can't say, I'm not gonna take it anymore like this. Would you please? If you came to play Mother May I, with your opposition, you in the wrong building. That other one, they quit service about 45 minutes ago. They couldn't stay for this. That's the reason they're depressed. That, that's the reason they can't get off the addiction. I'm talking about sexually, which is the main addiction in America the addiction to pornographic material. And if your husband says he needs it to enhance your love life, kick him. <laughs> and let him know you're not a prostitute. 
And if he'd quit watching it, he wouldn't ask you to do it. That's not in my sermon. The adversary smirks. Who is the Lord? Well, let me testify. Somebody testify. Let me testify for a moment. He is Jehovah Elion, the Lord Most High. He is Jehovah Muscovy, the Lord my high tower. And to your adversary and to your enemy and to mine, he is inaccessibly high and exalted. Everybody say, do it. You can't touch him. That's what I love, unity. Everybody together. Oh, that's so much better. You can't touch him. He's high. He's lifted up. Isaiah said, in the day that I saw the Lord, I saw him high and lifted up and the train of his authority filled the temple so no adversarial force of hell could stand in his holy presence. He is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present now to deliver. Man, I'm preaching better than you're clapping. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 2. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, just his name. Now, Miss Joyce was speaking a few moments ago before that incomprehensible beautiful song. She was speaking that sometimes you got to stand. And I know because I know her. I'm acquainted with a portion of her grief of what she fights, of what she stands up against, and many of you as well. And I need to tell you today that his name is a high tower. His name is a high tower. Now here's what your Bible says about his name. The Lord God has highly exalted him. Who him is? Jesus. The Lord has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, at the name of Jesus, watch, 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 highly exalted him and given him a name. I dare you to name it. No, I dare you to name it. What's your it is? Some of you, it's unforgiveness. Some of you, it's bitterness. Some of you, it's an untamed tongue. Some of you, it's an afflicted child. Some of you, it's an affliction, a malady, a malfunction. 
an infirmity. Some of you, it's your past. Some of you, it's your future. Here's the point. If it's got a name, it's got a knee. If it's got a knee, it's got a bow. I dare you to celebrate that name right now. Hey. Watch now here. We got to get busy just for a minute. We got to get busy just for a minute. Heaven's applause attracts the scent of roses. Heaven's applause brings about comfort and ease. Heaven's applause, God celebrating you obeying, functioning in, operating in his word, you worshiping, praising, exalting him. Heaven's attention attracts, heaven's applause attracts hell's attention. You've already got the attention of heaven. And the minute you get it, you've already got heaven applauding. I'm a soul winner. We are soul winners. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one soul. This church wins thousands and thousands. We filled up every church in Columbus and surrounding communities. And people say, well, how do you feel about that? Well, they don't have to come to my church. I'm just trying to get them into heaven. So if I can get them into heaven, some, or I can get them out of darkness, somebody else can help them get to heaven. I'm fine with that, you understand? Because it's not my kingdom. This is not my church. Jesus. I am a soul winner because I am a gospel preacher. And there isn't a service, and there isn't a time that I have ever stood up in front of people that somebody didn't give their life to Christ. And so we, we have heaven's applause around here. Let me say it this way, we're blessed. Coming in, going out, we're blessed. We're not looking to be blessed. We're ble- we just woke up blessed, we're blessed. You understand? We are blessed. Coming in, going out in the basket, in the field, in the city, in the store, rising up, sitting down. We are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed. Right? We're blessed, we're blessed people. Heaven applauds every time we get together. God gets up off his throne and dances every time we give an offering. We are attracting heaven's applause, which attracts hell's attention. That's just part of it. My text, Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. Get over there if you can. Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. Two irreversibly change your life. Two little tiny verses arranged in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke to change your life on this Mother's Day. Shout, I want it. 
Here's what it says. Jesus arose, words along these lines. Jesus arose out of the synagogue and he entered into Simon's house. Simon Peter. Very simple, right? He entered into Simon's house and Simon's wife's mother. No name. You know God cares about people who are unnamed. Nobody ever named a baby they aborted. There are many mothers who suffer in silence. They're nameless. I give you statistics, not names. This precious mother-in-law, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, Holy Scripture does not even record her name. She's in a very, very, very desperate situation. In short, she's dying. You'd think God would at least record her name if she's dying. So they besought him, verse 39. He stood over her and rebuked the fever. <laughs> Some of y'all about to cool off today. And it left her. And in a few weeks, after lots of medication and a hospital stay, and it left, and immediately she got up. Shove your neighbor, shove him. Say, don't check me now. Don't, don't check me now. I'm about to get up. <laughs> I wish I had time to preach. And she ministered to them. Do you know who walked into that room? Jesus, Jehovah, Jesus, Hakaboth, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The battle lines being formed. He attacked Satan and he's about to do the same for you right up in here today. Somebody shout, come on, Jesus. With the force of heaven's angel armies, he attacked, watch, the very root of her misery and became Jehovah Rapha, the eternally self-existent God who heals. First, he hit Satan, but then he followed it up with a righteous right hook and he attacked the most common spreading branch of human misery on earth today, sickness and disease. And the same blood that saved you will heal you today. I ain't got no church up in here today. Is it, are, are we, what, do we come on backslide today? What's going on? Let me fix your theology. Sickness entered humanity at the same moment as sin. 
So would it not stand to reason that God, as he provided the antidote for sin, would likewise provide the antidote for sickness, disease, pain, malady, malfunction, and infirmity. In Jesus' day, if you watch The Chosen, you'll see they didn't mind him healing folk. But boy, when he said he would forgive their sins, today we have the antithesis. We have the reversal. Everybody will acknowledge, oh yes, Jesus died for our sins. But now that healing thing, I don't know about that. You know why? Because you allow your experience to define your theology. Your experience must never define your theology. Your theology must define your experience. I ain't got no help up in here. I want you to hear the eviction notice that God sealed in the blood of his son. Listen to me. He's telling you today in Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24. He, Jesus, was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was laid upon you. And with Isaiah 53, his stripes, you are healed. But we're not on that side of the covenant. First Peter 2.24, when it's being quoted, says, with his stripes, you were healed. So if you were, you are, and if you are, you were, be made whole. I'm not asking you to deny facts. That's what the news media wants you to do. They're all about the science until the science isn't all about them. Fact. I had vocal cord cancer. The doctor said we have no idea if you will ever be able to take microphone in one hand and Bible in another and preach as you have done these many decades. That was a fact. Like I could show you the picture of it. It was ugly, nasty, painful. That was a fact. The problem with fact is that they have to give way to truth. The fact was, eight years ago today, I could not whisper a word. That was a fact. But I didn't put my faith in the fact, rather I put my faith in Mark 11, 22 to 24, 
have faith in God, for truly I say to you that if you will just speak to your mountain and say, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, not your mind, your mind's goofy, shall not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Psalm 81:10. open your mouth with a mighty decree. And God said, I will fulfill it. Now you see the words that you speak, so shall it be. The fact was I had cancer. The fact was they said my son would never know I'm his dad. Stand up, son. Stand up. Uh, walk over this way. Walk over this way. Uh, I want you to point out your mother on Mother's Day. Go over there and make her stand up and give her a big old hug. If it's got a name, it's got a need. Come on, we're gonna oppose our opposition. The church is under attack. The great John Wesley said, I, I do not believe that the people called Methodist will ever cease to exist. But I do believe and fear that in their existing, they become a dead sect, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Professor J.B. Pratt, stroking his goatee, looking over the brim of his glasses, said, I do not believe in anything regarding the Bible. Said he, the Bible has lost all hold on the leaders of thought and is destined to become one of the great curiosities of the past. The thus saith the Lord in the Bible is of only a slight higher type than the whirling incantations of ancient medicine men. But the greatest weapon in our arsenal today against our opposition is that one which was employed by the folks in Peter's mother-in-law's house that day. Prayer. Professor Insulin mocked, why don't we just use a prayer wheel? Like Van White. We do not and we cannot expect results. Prayer, said he, is doomed. Professor Curson, he parroted. I do not think that the church of the future will have any more need of prayer than it does any other form of magic. Prayer, said he, is doomed. Well, I hope you're watching, Professor. 
because the book said, and the book's right and they are wrong. The book said she was taken out. So let's see if prayer is doomed. I want to ask a question. And then I want to give a declaration. Number one, why do good people suffer? Don't you dare look at me with your halo all crooked on your horns. Because if you've lived more than 15 minutes in the body of Christ, you've asked that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm going to answer it for you. Those, write it down. Miss Joni is writing it down. Here it is. Those who are blessed with God's favor. If that's you, shout right here. Tell your neighbor, I'm God's favorite. He likes me best. Sorry about your luck. I am blessed and highly favored. Mm -hmm. And then, out of nowhere, some vicious accident, some attack spawned in hell, arrives as an unwelcomed visitor pounding on your door. We retreat inside. We turn pasty white, pale, fearful. We retreat. We hide out. And we say, I thought I was highly favored. Let these words be forever etched upon the tablet of your heart. From this very day forward, those who attract God's favor are still liable for life's common calamities. I'm done. He never promised that the load would not get heavy, that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never promised a victory without fighting that, but he said help will always come on time. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning, weeping only last for a night. Has he not said it? Shall he not bring it to pass? He is not a man that he should lie. You shall have it. Now what's that adversary of yours going to do when he knows you know? You may not have it right now, but you shall. I need 2,000 people to jump up and shout, I shall, I shall. We live on a cursed planet. Didn't you notice that? How many of you ever planted a garden? Did you plant weeds? 
How many of you ever had to, how many of you ever had a child that lied? Did you have to teach it? The planet is cursed. We live in the midst of a generation of people that have not only lost their moral compass, but their spiritual compass and any design of an intellectual steadfastness. But through the living word of God, we fight. We fight. That's all that's required us to fight. In this world, get ready. And a preacher that would tell you otherwise is not being intellectually correct with you. In this world, you, Billy, you, Barbara, you, Shaquan, you, whoever you are, will have tribulation and persecution. But be of good courage. For Jesus said, I have overcome the world and this is the victory that will overcome the world, even your faith. This is a good one, Joyce. Tuck this one away. Tuck this one away. John eleven thirteen. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, Lazarus, who you love is sick. Stop looking at people who are fighting off sickness as if something was wrong with them. It took them more faith to get up today and brush their teeth. Because an accident or some sickness has been visited upon you does not mean that you are no longer the friend of God. In fact, quite the opposite. The afflictions of the righteous are many, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So there she is, she's taken out with a great fever. Then they besought him for her. Why won't people pray? Oh, I want to play the organ like Dr. Wendell Lowe. Oh, I want to, oh, if I could just play the organ. I wish I could play the organ. I mean, like the way he plays it, like, like this. Okay, don't show out anymore. He's a better preacher than he is organist, if you can believe that. And uh, my response to you is, 
please stop saying things like that. Oh, I wish I had harmony like the Martins. Growing up, how many hours y'all practice a day? Don't even know. You mean I gotta go to frontline rehearsal for 45 minutes? Oh, but I wanna sing like them. No, you don't. Please stop saying that. The proof of desire is pursuit. He didn't get that way wishing he could be that way. He played until his fingers were swollen to the point he had to use his elbows. Stop! You want something, pursue it. Stand up, Joni. I chased her up and down I-70 for, for seven years, and then I caught her. The proof of desire. It's a pursuit. That same Simon Peter was thrown into prison, but your Bible says prayer was made for him by the church. Why do so many people remain sick in our churches? Because ain't nobody praying. Why aren't our families saved? Because ain't nobody praying. They besought him for her, and then he stood over her, and he rebuked that fever. What does that mean? Stop it. That's enough. Stand up, Ashton player. When she was growing up, I would say, stop it. And she'd just keep right on going. And then I would stop my finger and say, stop it. That's enough. Yes, daddy. Guess what's going to happen today? Your heavenly father is going to slide his long, lean Galilean leg in front of you and stand between you and your opposition and tell your opposition, stop it! That's enough! Somebody get on your feet and give him praise, give him glory. I dare you to start saying, stop it, that's enough. Stop it, that's enough. Stop it, that's enough. Stop, 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 stop it. That's enough. Enough torment, enough bondage, enough addiction, enough depression, enough sorrow, enough hopelessness, enough. Hands up. Father, today, Father, today, repeat after me. My opposition has a name. Now to make this next part work, everybody's got to scream it as loud as you can. Are you ready? Now scream the name of your opposition on three. One, two, three. Again. 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 Now shout in Jesus' name. Bow your knee. Stop it. That's enough. Now give God glory that it is so. Come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. Grant me 60 seconds. 
There are folks watching me all over America, around the world, at least 100 nations right now. Folks all over this room, folks in our branch campuses, folks there in Elkhart, Indiana, folks watching on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, rodparsley.com. There are folks spread across the width and breadth of this great legendary Sumroll Tabernacle. And I refuse to allow you to leave like you came, worried, unsure, possibly broken, some no doubt contemplating that living makes dying look easy. Brokenhearted, confused, lost, lonely, abused. Wherever you are right now, God sees you. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, he's walking in the door right now. And he's rebuking everything that's tormenting you. And then he's looking at you and reaching his hand down toward you and saying, come and follow me. Come and follow me. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to straighten up. You don't have to fix up. You don't have to fix it up. He loves you just the way you are so much he died for you. And he's here today by the power of the Holy Spirit and he's saying to you, come and learn of me. For unlike your life right now, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. My joy will become your strength. My hope will become the candle of your heart. In a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. Everybody under the sound of my voice is going to live forever somewhere. The only question is where. The Bible only speaks of two choices, one's heaven, one's hell. That's it. And Jesus says to you today, choose him. Choose life, choose heaven, but he won't do it for you. He made the way possible for you to do it. When I count to three, if you wanna be sure that you're ready to go to heaven, this time tomorrow I may be in heaven and you may not be, I, I don't know. Why don't you be sure today? You say, well, I think I am, I'm a good person, that won't take you to heaven. Well, I go to church, that surely won't take you to heaven. The only thing that will take you to heaven is to open your heart up today and accept Jesus Christ as your savior. Ask him to forgive your sins and give you eternal life. That's the only ticket to heaven. But he's here right now and he's saying, I wanna receive you. I already determined to answer you when you ask me this morning. His word promises it. On three, I want you to raise that hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I wanna to go to heaven and not hell, have life and not death, have blessing and not cursing. If you're in this building or one of the other campuses watching live right now,
In the mighty name of Jesus, I break the power of deception off your life. That you will make the decision right now. You'll be glad you made when you stand before Jesus Christ in eternity. Do it right now. Do what thousands and thousands are doing every single week. Say yes to Jesus. I'm not asking you to join a church or come to a man. I'm asking you today to allow the creator of all life to become your personal savior. Hands are already going up. You might as well get in the crowd right now. On three, raise that hand. One, two, three. Everybody pray with me out loud. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept you. I believe in you. I confess you as my personal savior. I'm gonna live for you as I know how. Thank you for forgiving my sins and for giving me eternal life through Jesus Christ. I am forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven and it feels so good, I could almost clap and shout. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.